We're going to jump in with Contessa. We're here to talk about tourism in Taos. Contessa, thank you so much for being here Hi. today. Um, you're working with the town of Taos on the destination stewardship plan. And I wonder if, first off, you can uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you grew up. Uh, I think you went away from Taos to study and work, and then you came back. Can you tell us just a little bit? I did, yes. So my name is Contessa Trujillo. I come from the Trujillo family in Ranchos, the Taos. My mom's family is from Arroyo Hondo. Um, I myself grew up in Ranchos. Um, I spent a lot of time particularly near the St. Francis de Assisi Church. Um, my great-grandfather's house was one of the gar original guardian watchtowers. And um, I spent a lot of time in his two-story house um, in which the kitchen window perfectly framed the front of the St. Francis Church. So um, long, deep, rich history. My family um, used to mud the church and... Um, My ancestors, I'm pretty sure, had a hand in building it. So That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and so um, I wonder if we could start off with something pretty general about tourism in Taos and if you can give us some context about history and how tourism started and what it looked like at first in Taos. You know, I think that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I'm curious even to think through like when the word like tourism kind of came into play. Um, Taos has a long history of visitors and people that have come here for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, land has always been one of those reasons, whether artists were coming here because they were drawn to the landscape and it inspired them. Um, we have a long, rich line of artists um, who, <laughs> we, I mean, we to name a few, George O'Keefe, Alfred Stieglitz. Um, even to today, we have our very own Larry Bell, who resides here, and um, Ken Price. Um I'm curious about and, and thinking about like trade, trade systems. And I mean, a lot of that at that point in time was was really kind of a way of life. And the varying cultures within the Taos community itself have a history of, of intersecting and trading and kind of their own culture and dynamic in and of themselves. Um, but I think what that kind of looked like in terms of people visiting and being guests to this place um, versus like tourism and what we consider it now are very different, um, different things. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about um, the community's response to tourism, either, you know, um, when it started, that's a mm -hmm. while back, you weren't there, <laughs> I know. Uh, but I, I, I can imagine that Taos evolved in response to tourism, um, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, Taos def definitely has, um, you know, historically been a tourist-based space or place. Um, you know, the arts are also a really big piece that have come out of just kind of the outdoors. Um, of course, outdoor recreation. Um, we have skiing, which has become really huge um, with the inception of the Towski Valley. Um, rafting as well. People who kind of live between those two lifestyles, you know, raft guides in the summer and in the, working in the ski valley in the winter. Um, and then, but culture, like the cultural aspects of Taos, um, And I really kind of see Taos as like the outdoors, the arts, artists, and then culture is really its own thing that has kind of always been um, one of the elements or unique qualities of Taos that has made it what it is. Um, can you repeat your question? Did I? I'm, I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> no, no, that was great. I, I was wondering about the, the response of communities living yes, here yes, to yes, tourism. Yes, yes, um, yes. So growing up, um, I you know, Tourism's always been kind of one of those things that we've lived alongside. 
And personally, I didn't know any different. And um, I don't know that many people did for a long time. Um, and so, you know, growing up as, as a teenager in Taos, I think that a lot of us just kind of saw tourism and tourists as a nuisance. And, and you're just kind of existing in this space, right? And for a lot of local Taosanos um, who have deep histories here, we are a very land-based culture. And I think there was a study done by uh, the marketing and tourism department years back um, where they were looking at development because we needed more lodging options. And so they were trying to kind of figure out where people stood and how to get people on the same page or in the same space about um, needing more lodging options. And one of the interesting findings that they found was that, you know, as opposed to maybe people who had come more recently quote unquote, owning the land um, with a lot of local people or people who had been here for quite some time, they really felt um, differently in terms of stewarding the land. They felt like they were part of the land. And so, you know, it's just kind of different mindsets about like development when you're thinking about those things. And, um, and it's interesting because also my, what was it, junior, junior, senior year in high school, I worked for the AmeriCorps program, and during the summers we did trail maintenance, but I'd never like directly interfaced or thought about tourism, really. I think it was just like something that coexisted or alongside all the other kind of like jobs or ways of existing for people in the community. Um, I think now we're really at a crucial point, especially with a lot more development that's happening and um, this recent influx of folks um, because of COVID and who are really wanting open space and open land um, that we're really starting to kind of think more critically or crucially about what that means and what that looks like in terms of, of Taos being able to maintain that authentic sense of like what it is. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I want to jump to a question I had uh, written for later, later but um, I wonder how uh, tourism in some ways, uh, if at all, supports some of those cultural um, ways that you were referring to. Um, you know, I, I was um, wondering if some annual events that happen, like the fiestas of mm -hmm. Taos, th is that at all uh, turned towards tourism or is that still like a tradition that is very much uh, grounded and for um, the people who live here and, um, you know, want to gather together? I wonder, yeah. Yeah, I would say that the fiestas in particular are still very much a grounded piece of of just unique Taos history and culture. Um, it's interesting, like I think bridging the, the previous question and this question as well is my generation, I feel like we're, we were a lot of first generation students and um, people saw the value or the um, potential within tourism, the tourism industry, which we weren't calling it then, that then. Um, a lot of my cousins and friends actually went into college to study hospitality um, because they saw potential and opportunity there. Um, and it's interesting now because as, you know, tourism as its own thing has evolved into what it is today, and we've had, you know, this span of time with it, you know, tourism studies in and of themselves are their own thing. And with the Destination Stewardship Plan, um, the Center for Responsible Travel partners closely with a GW that is um, George, Washington's universe, George Washington University's tourism department um, to really look at those and to, to think about tourism um, in all varieties and respects and in, in terms of place as well. Um, it's interesting, too. I don't know to what degree the fiestas in particular draw people. Um, 
but it's interesting to look at that in congruence with the Taos Pueblo per se, where their feast days happen irregardless and their feast days are for them. And there's parts and pieces of that that are sacred and private. And it's the same thing within the Hispanic community for fiestas and posadas around the holidays, the Christmas holiday. Um, and there are parts of those that we keep for ourselves. And then there are parts of those that we share and bring um, community, our, our close community, and then the community at large. But I don't know that the fiestas necessarily market themselves in that way. I can see that. And I, would any event that um, happens in Taos strike you as a cultural event in the first place that has become um, a touristy destination? Or do you think it's really beyond the culture right now, beyond the Hispanic culture, let's say, um, that tourists are coming to Taos? Like, is there a connection already made, I guess, is what I'm wondering, between what people here um, care for and, like, um, make happen and what mm -hmm. tourism, like, tourists are looking for? Yeah. You know, I think that's an interesting question and it really lends to the destination stewardship plan in terms of the community themselves identifying these these aspects and elements of community and maybe pieces that have um, felt really extracted in ways that we're looking at doing in a way that's more thoughtful and um, maybe open or inclusive in ways that also just feel respectful um, agro-tourism being one of those things we are still very much we have historically been an agriculture-based community um, the Taos community has lives in congruence with nature and so there's harvest time there's a time to kind of go inward during the winter um, and each season kind of has its own way of life or kind of way of transitioning through each year and the fiestas in particular are a time of celebration it's um, at harvest time it's when um, people's corn and their um, peas and the, you know their harvests are, are kind of coming to fruition and um, historically the the story or the idea is that people came together at the plaza which is the heart of, of Taos and um, broke bread and kind of celebrated life um, and I think that even in and of itself has changed throughout time where you know my dad and his generation you know car culture was really big so it was like fiestas were a time of year to have your car ready to be like cruising around and to be just kind of hanging out with your friends and meeting up and and kind of sharing the joy and in, in those like bounties whatever they may have been yeah Thank you so much, Contessa. Uh, a reminder to everyone out there, we're talking with Contessa Trujillo. Uh, this is Where We Meet, a program of the Tao Center for the Arts, and this show is actually supported by the Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area. We're going to take a little uh, music break, and then we'll be right back with Contessa to talk more specifically about the um, destination stewardship plan uh, that she's working on with the town of Taos. All right, stay tuned.
were just listening to Gambia, a song of Sona uh, Jobarte, who is coming again to the Solo Center on Saturday. It was a big discovery for me, so I guess you might hear one more song of hers uh, before I'm done today. Uh, but we're talking with Contessa Trujillo um, about tourism here in Taos, and while we were off air and playing the song, we were actually um, talking about fajelitos and how in some ways they might actually be bridging that gap of like a, a cultural element that has become a, a tourist, um, maybe not asset, but something people are looking... An attraction. Yeah, forward to. And um, and I wonder if you could share with us a, a few more thoughts that you know you were sharing with me just now. Yeah, sure thing. So it, in, in our conversation, we were really talking about um, elements within the culture in northern New Mexico or New Mexico at large that can kind of help to bridge some of those gaps, I guess, or bridge some of those pieces with um, authentic, true culture in in this place with um, maybe visitors or guests coming in and what they expect and, and how to kind of welcome them. Um, farolitos are really interesting, too, because there was also a conversation about Farolitos in respect to maybe fiestas or other elements of culture here that um, may or may not be supported or embraced or brought forth in ways that are respectful or thoughtful. And I think that's it's an interesting thing to consider in terms of I, I personally don't feel offended or challenged by the use of autolithos, but I know in Taos, you know, we've incorporated them into the lighting of Ladue and um, Santa Fe Plaza is, is filled with them around the holidays, around Christmas time as well. And there's such a beautiful, warm welcome. And it's not necessarily something that would be lost if it wasn't embraced by tourism. Um, you know, the symbolism of the farolitos are really, are, are very religious based as well. And I don't know that people know that. And it's to kind of guide uh, Mary and Jesus when they were looking for shelter in order to have, or Mary and Joseph when they were looking for shelter to have um, the newborn baby Jesus. And so that is very ingrained in a lot of people um, culturally. And, um, you know, they have their nativity sets and they, they, religiously, culturally, and quite literally religiously, um, you know, light fadalitos in their pathways and their driveways and their homes. And so I'm curious to even know, um, you know, folks who have maybe incorporated some of those elements, if they know the history of that as well, in order to just be more informed in, in ways that we're embracing these things or not. Um, they're beautiful and they're decorative, but, um, and I don't know that people are offended by the use of them, but it's, you know, it's kind of in line with that conversation of like, how can we have guests or tourism that is um, more thoughtful and how can we really curate that in a way where we're bringing people who are good guests and who are thoughtful people um, and it's less extractive or it's not about what people can like have or buy or take as opposed to how they can be enriched by the experience and the culture and the people of this place. Thank you. I feel like that's a perfect jumping off point to talk about um, the work that you're doing with the Destination Stewardship Plan. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we could go back um, all the way to the basis and if you could explain what this is for somebody who's never heard of what's going on. Uh, what is it? <laughs> yeah. So the Destination Stewardship Plan, which is a mouthful if we're really breaking down those words. So destination, a place. Taos is a place. Um, it's a destination for people to come. Um, tourism, tourists, guests. Um, stewardship. So we all know what stewardship is, or I hope so. Um, but also it's, it's kind of a very natural term or way of existing in terms of, 
of a lot of people who have spent a lot of time here and lived off of the land and gone through these cycles of the year um, and survived off of the land um, have stewarded the land in order to sustain livelihood here. And then it's a plan. So um, essentially the plan in, in breaking it down is is a way to market and strategize tourism for the town, but it's really a way that is done of, by, and for the community. And so not only will it be sustainable economically, um, environmentally, and and for me, this plan really takes in that like culture, heritage, way of life piece, because that is so central to an imperative for the people of Taos. Thank you. And so how, how are you guys uh, working towards that? Man, so there are four phases. Um, we've completed phase one and I believe most of phase two. So um, phase one was a lot of initial research on online about Taos and tourism and what there is and how people feel and what people want more of. Um, the second phase, we really brought in... Um, community input. And so we worked really hard to to kind of scratch the surface of our entire community of Taos to fill out the resident survey. Um, there, there's a few surveys out, so I think people might be like, I think I took that survey. Um, but the resident survey, and then we had a business-specific survey. The business survey closed last week. And so right now we are in the process of... Um, of compiling all of that data and all of that information. And we had an initial on-site visit before the, like actually at the launch of the resident survey where the Crest team, the team that is helping us to develop a destination stewardship plan for Taos um, came into town and we kind of let the community know what we were doing and had some initial focus group meetings to kind of really dig through these concepts and these ideas and to have them informed by people of our community. And we've kind of, been continuing in that thread of, of finding other folks within the community who maybe aren't some of the traditional spokespeople in those realms, but are very much doing that work, but may spend their day out in the fields and not be checking emails. So to pull them into the conversation and get their feedback and voices and information on how they're feeling and how this looks. Um, so we're having a second on-site visit the week of October 30th through November 3rd, and we're going to be having a big community meeting at the Agriculture Center on Thursday, November 2nd at 6.30. We're going to have food provided, and really what we're going to do is present all of the data and information that we found, not only online, but from our resident survey and from the business survey, and kind of look at the overarching challenges that we're seeing in order to start having more thoughtful and concerted decisions and conversations about where we go from here and further developing the plan. Thank you. So if I understand correctly, the work you've done so far is really understanding um, the situation here in Taos and kind mm -hmm. of that feeling of nuisance that you were mentioning. I was like, yeah, growing up here, you know, tourism and nuisance. Um, so you're like trying to address that and understand what what it is exactly that tourism is in Taos right now? To a degree, yes. I think what we're also trying to determine, too, is because we're at such a crucial point with the recent development and recent um, influx of people, is really identifying what those core elements of Taos are and, and what they mean to us in order to more thoughtfully encounter them with regard to tourism or tourists or guests. So um, if you're looking at maybe the Hispanic community within the town of Taos, for example, and a lot of the recent um, challenges and conversation around the Talpa Trails. Part of that is because there are areas within that land that is sacred to the Hispanic people, and we don't have as much agency as, say, Taos Pueblo does in terms of safeguarding those or kind of 
blocking them off and saying, this is what we're sharing with you and the ways in which we're sharing them with you. And then these are the pieces that are kind of part of the core of our cultural existence and being here. And, you know, even being born and raised here, Taos is my ancestral land. I don't know where we are, if not from northern New Mexico, southern Colorado area. And, you know, there's a lot that I don't know. So I am admittedly naive to certain elements because they're just not they're not, they're also maybe not for me or they're not um, pieces that my family has necessarily navigated through and brought me into the reins on those or into the fold on those. I see. Yeah. And so uh, once um, those elements have been identified, what, what will be the next steps uh, of, of the stewardship, mm-hmm. the destination stewardship? Plan? Right. <laughs> so um, I think with those the challenge, the overarching challenges or the sentiments about tourism coming to light. I know like housing is an issue. Um, I know that maybe, maybe food's an issue. I'm not entirely sure, but really looking at those kind of challenges and what the community feels and what they need, and then figuring out ways to align that with, you know, we are a tourist-based economy. We are highly dependent on tourists um, and tourism and tourism dollars. Um, But I think that a lot of the work, and this is really where the work comes in and the meat of the work and the, the thought and intent comes in is is really looking at and identifying those challenges, but also figuring out ways to support them and to utilize Taos as a, as a destination um, and people coming here and spending money here and wanting to be here to maybe be more involved, to be better guests, to maybe um, have opportunities to enrich and embedder our local community um, through through tourism. And I think that the Taos Pueblo in particular has done a really beautiful job of that. Um, I know a lot of their youth come back from college and they are tour guides. And so not only are they learning about their rich history and culture, um, but by interacting with people who are visiting this this beautiful historic place, um, they're also getting like a living, breathing experience in terms of and asking thoughtful questions and answering those questions thoughtfully. So I just feel like there's a lot of skill building in that too. And they're also able to raise funds and um, further support their community and help to navigate, you know, as stewards of Taos Pueblo, they're really help. They are able to help um, people who are visiting, like navigate those spaces in ways that are respectful and thoughtful and considerate. Thank you. Thank you. That is a very interesting way of looking uh, at tourism and how it may be actually put to the benefit of um, people who do live here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned, which is the economic impact of tourism in Taos. I think that's obviously a, a, a massive element of it. That is the reason why, in many ways, it's so beneficial to have it. Right. And and I wonder if you could tell us just a little bit about like what that uh, picture looks like and what uh, is the actual economic impact of tourism here in Taos. Right. Well, you know, the traditional model of tourism was really about heads and beds. And Karina Armijo has has studied, you know, tourism now that tourism is, is an actual field of study. Um, her role as the marketing and tourism director for the town of Taos um, has really led her to, to bringing the destination stewardship plan to Taos and recognizing these things and um, speaking with community members about the challenges they're in, they're of or they're they're of. <laughs> Anyway. I, don't ask me. I'm, I'm the French <laughs> It's girl. still early. I am not a morning person. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I know that during her tenure as marketing and tourism director, um, the lodgers tax in particular has has grown immensely. Um, and also, I think looking at tourism and bringing people to Taos was done in a way that um, 
I don't know that I'd seen done before. Um, but it also kind of leads to the question. It's like, what kind of tourists does Taos want? Are there times of the year that are too busy? Are there times of the year that aren't busy enough? What are the challenges? Or sometimes I know myself around ski season, it's nearly impossible to get into restaurants. And um, with my nieces or the little ones within my family, you know, we can't really be waiting an hour and an hour and a half to, to, to seat at some at a restaurant mm -hmm. in town. So it also makes it challenging for us to be able to patron our local our local businesses. Um, and so there is a lot of money to be to be made and there has has been um, you know that the lodgers tax fund I think in particular and I, I can't quote actual numbers but I know that that is has grown immensely um, during Karina's tenure as, as marketing and tourism director. Um, and I think now the conversation really has become we can do that, but how do we want to do that? What does that mean? What does that look like for us, for the community of Taos? And not only Taos, Taos County, um, but the, really the Taos, you know, town of Taos, Taos County, but the region of Taos. Mm -hmm. Because when people come to Taos, they're not just coming to Taos. They're going to the Ski Valley. They're doing the Ench Enchanted Circle Drive. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of folks who, are, who live in Amalia who drive to Taos every day to go to work. And so we're all impacted by tourism, if not directly, then like indirectly, but I would even say just like second person. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Contessa, thank you so much. I see the, the clock uh, ticking and I think we're about to, to reach the end of our time together um, talking about tourism. I really appreciate you coming here. I don't know if you thank have you. Um, a last thought um, to share with us or if you just want to remind fo folks of uh, when is going to be the next uh, community event in in relationship to this plan. Yeah, so I just, um, again, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Um, I really want to urge folks to come to the next community meeting, the public meeting. It's going to be happening on Thursday, November 2nd, 6.30 p.m. at the Juan I. Gonzalez Agriculture Center. Food will be provided. Um, we, Your voice is important. We need it. All of us, all of us, we are a community as a whole. And um, without all of us kind of showing up and speaking to this initiative, you know, the worst thing that can happen is ending up with a plan that is not for us and doesn't address our needs. And so I'd really urge people to get involved. If you have any questions or you want more information, um, you can email me at tourism at taos.org. Um, again, my name's Contessa and I am available to answer questions and to get help get people involved. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, again, you're listening to KNCE 93.5 FM. This is TCA's radio hour where we meet. And uh, the show is supported by the Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area. We thank them for, for their support. All right, we're going to go into a quick uh, broadcast break. And when we come back, we'll have some music for you folks. All right.